want to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. If you have one of the Bibles you grabbed on the way in, it's page 309. Otherwise, you're going to have to find it yourself. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. And we also have the verses up here, so you'll be able to follow along no problem. <clears throat> but we're in Acts chapter 2. And really, in the whole book of Acts, we're really focusing on no matter what we are facing in our life, in our church, in our country, in our world, no matter what we are facing, this, the book of Acts teaches us that we can still live in victory through faith and the Holy Spirit's power. That has been our whole focus. So if you've missed the last couple of weeks, you've missed the beginning of Acts, go back. You can go on the podcast or the YouTube site or iTunes and, and catch up. But this is all about living by victory through faith in Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what the, the whole book is about. It's awesome. And today the title is The Disciples Live in the Holy Spirit's Power, Acts 2, 42 to 47. People are searching for real power today, aren't they? Searching for power, searching for something real. That's why the occult has been growing so quickly in, in our country and why the New Age movement continues to flourish, even though it's a really an old lie, uh, and why kids are drawn to, to the demonic counterfeits, uh, even children drawn to it, like, like Harry Potter and so much of the new direction with Disney even. It's crazy, but drawn to the occult. Why teens are so many times obsessed with demonic music, right? And, and some is overt and some is very subtle, but so much of, of the, the music culture has the, the Antichrist overtones. You, you, you watch these concerts or the, the raves that they go to and they get so high on drugs and, and raving. They're really trying to connect. It's, it's really, they really are seeking, watch it, they're really seeking worship. They're just seeking it in the wrong place. They're really seeking the connection with God and his power. Uh, years ago, I read a book called New Age Nightmare. The guy became a Christian, but he came out of the New Age movement, but he became a Christian, and he wrote this book, New Age Nightmare. And he said he was searching for God and searching for God's power. And every church he went to just seemed empty of God's power. Just, they just seemed powerless and, and spiritually empty. And when he would ask questions, share his questions with doubts, people were threatened by those questions. Instead of answering them and you know, taking the word and showing them and saying it's normal to have doubts, everybody has doubts. Instead of doing that, they, they were threatened by it. And so he just didn't find what he was looking for in churches. And so he got involved in the New Age movement. And it was unbelievable. If you want to read an interesting book, uh, they, they would torture themselves to connect with the spiritual powers. It was demonic, obviously. They would connect with UFOs and communicate with UFOs and space brothers, which were just demons. I'm not saying there can't be a UFO, but what he did, he realized later it was just demons mimicking you know, aliens. And they were just being drawn in deeper and deeper. Uh, they had come-as-you-were parties. You know, past lives, you know, who they were in their past lives. They, they would walk on fire, fire walking, all these crazy things. And, and, he, and he finally did find Jesus in the real power. But, but many people, he says, many people have this experience. They search for God. The church has no power. They don't see any difference in the Christians in the church. And so they leave the church. Many people leave the church to follow the new age which are old lies, the new age, uh, and, and they join cults and they join world religions and, and they try other things to fulfill. Their, we all have this God hole in our heart. Everybody's created with it and only God can fill that hole. The one true God can fill that hole. But everybody's trying to fill that hole. And we either fill it with the true God 
Jehovah God through his son Jesus Christ and we receive the, the Holy Spirit inside of us or we fill it with a counterfeit. And everybody's trying to fill that God hole with the new age and different spiritual things, with money, with sex, with drugs, but they're never fulfilled. But what we're going to see today in Acts chapter 2 is the, in the New Testament church, the, the, book, the church in Acts, the New Testament church, which had power, which had the Holy Spirit's power, people left the world, left the world because they were attracted to true Christianity. They were attracted to Jesus Christ in the believers. They were attracted to the Holy Spirit's power. They weren't going, leaving the church going to the world. They were leaving the world coming to the church in amazing numbers. And this has a lot to say to us today. A lot to say to us in the USA today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the worship. We thank you that we know Jesus lives. And that's the whole foundation of everything. Our, our, why we're here. Why we're alive, why we live, is Jesus lives, and he lives in our hearts through faith. And I pray that every person here would know that faith today. Before they leave, they would know Jesus lives in their heart through faith. And I pray that each of us would live out our faith through the Holy Spirit's power because of this Bible passage today. I pray it through your Holy Spirit and through the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so let's read the passage, wild passage, wild, only a couple verses, uh, verse, chapter 2, verse 42, Acts, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone who, has, who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Wow. Who are these guys? Right? Who are these guys? Is this even the same religion? Is this Christianity with a K maybe? You know, is it what? what who are these guys? Why do people join, and I mentioned this story, why do people join cults and follow nuts and pray to trees and, and buy crystals? Because very few Christians in the USA today live like this, live out the Holy Spirit's power. Really, only in countries where there's persecution do we see this, right? That's where we really see the majority of Christians living that way is when they're under persecution. God may fix that problem for us very soon, right? But Christians in the book of Acts in the New Testament times lived in the Holy Spirit's power. And that Holy Spirit's power flowed through them and they lived these radical lifestyles which the world found irresistible. The Roman Empire was a mess. I know the USA is getting worse by the minute, but we're not there yet. We're not to the Roman Empire's level, but we're getting there. We're getting there. We're on a sprint, right? But, but it was a mess. But they were drawn out of that world to Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit's power in the believer's life. They found it irresistible. And we're going to see here that they were devoted to four key PowerPoints which the, where the Holy Spirit flowed through. There's four key PowerPoints here that the Holy Spirit flowed through that they were, they were devoted. Not just they didn't just do them, but they were devoted. That's the key. Devoted to four things. 
First of all, verse 42, it says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. The apostles' teaching. Talking about the Bible. They were teaching the Bible. They were teaching the Old Testament. And also they were actually writing the New Testament. The apostles were actually in the process of writing that as the Holy Spirit led. In fact, in 2 Peter, in 2 Peter verse, chapter 3, verse 15, it says this. And this is Peter, ta- uh, Peter talking. He says, Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, just as our dear pa- brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him. He writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. He refers to Paul's writing as scripture. And many times you will see often that the apostles refer to each other's writings as scripture because the Holy... The Holy Spirit was moving in them to write the New Testament. Already had the inspired Old Testament, but the New Testament is also just as inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's God's word to us. In fact, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is God-breathed. God-breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Every good work. They were, they, were te- they were not only teaching the Old Testament, they were actually being inspired by the Holy Spirit to write the New Testament, which we have today along with the Old Testament. And look what the purpose is. The Holy Spirit breathed through them to write his word so that we could correct, train, correct, rebuke, and teach. So we could we would do that. How many of us know the word of God and can use it in that way? That's the way it's supposed to be used. How many of us can use it? How many of us realize God's power in our lives? The, in, in, the, how many of us even have a biblical worldview? I've shared this statistic many times. George Barna did a study. Only 6% of, Christ, of, of Americans have a, a biblical worldview. That means that everything they... Here has to go through God's word. Everything that they believe has to be based on God's word. Anything they hear on the news, they don't have to worry about fake or real. They, it has to go through God's word. If it comes through God's word, then it's real. If it isn't, it's fake. And it doesn't matter what channel it's on. It, what, whatever we hear in college or whatever we hear in school or whatever we hear anywhere, we, it, we go through God's word. We have to have a biblical worldview. But only 6%. Now, Christian, supposedly 50% of Americans are born-again Christians. But only 6% have a, a biblical worldview. You? Do the math. It's not good. And with millennials, it's even worse. Only 2% of millennials have a biblical world view. 2%. It, that's not being devoted to God's word. And that's why the country, supposedly Christian country, is in the mess it's in. Because we, we, are not, we don't even know God's word. We don't need, much less live it, right? We don't even know it. And, and uh, it's vital that we're devoted to the apostles' teaching. Uh, devoted to the apostles' teaching, talking about the Bible, okay? Devoted to the apostles' teaching, devoted to God's word. Uh, on Sundays, he, hearing those sermons are important. Listen, not just mine, but, but you know, all throughout the week, there's so many really solid biblical preachers that you can listen to or podcast or whatever. If you're not sure, talk to me. Some There's some shaky ones. Well, the majority of them are shaky. Make sure they're solid, okay? And, and also, 
Bible study, your own personal Bible study, and being part of a Bible study, very, very important. Uh, Bible, we have lots of Bible studies here. Talk to Paul Vanderbilt. He'll get you connected. He's out there. Where's Paul? Raise your hand. Wave, wave. Oh, there he is in the back, in the back, okay? And, uh, and also Bible memory, you know, be memorizing a verse, you know, a verse a week. That's all it takes, a verse a week to memorize and meditate and, and, and let it become part of your heart and your mind. And uh, Dave Adams sends out his Bible memory every week. That's a great one to use. Uh, lots of good ones there. But so devoted to the apostles' teaching. That's the first power point, the first power point where the Holy Spirit flowed. The second was devoted to the Bible, the apostles' teaching and to the Fellowship. That's the second one. Devoted to the fellowship. Uh, the Greek for this means to have something in common. To have something in common. That's what fellowship means. To have something in common. And as Christians, our fellowship, anybody can have fellowship, but a Christian's fellowship, what we have in common is our faith in Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit's power. That, that is our fellowship. That's what we, we fellowship around. And let's look at verse uh, chapter 2. Verse 46, where it shows how this plays out, what it looked like. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That's what it looks like. Uh, it, it, God and food, right? God and food. You know, what, you know, what do we always focus on? You know, God and food, right? <laughs> I, I'm only half kidding. But anyway, the, uh, but, but the, look, look what they did. They, they, they were every day. I'm thrilled if I, if you guys connect with Christians once a week, you know, I'm thrilled once a week, you know, you know, you know, we won't go there, won't go there. But, uh, you know, but every day they were connecting somehow. It's so important to have that, that constant connection. Listen, you, you come on a Sunday and you hear a sermon and you go home and that could get you about through about a couple hours, but we need constant connection. You know, we need that, you know, that during the week connection could be in a, a Bible study or it could be the prayer group or it could be the men's Bible study or the women's Bible study. It could be youth group. Could, you know, it could be just getting together with another Christian for lunch and just talking and encouraging each other. It could be texting and calling. We, we need that constant fellowship. Very, very important. So the first one is the Bible. Second one is fellowship. The third one, they devote themselves to the breaking of bread. Now, when, when they're, what they're talking about, when they, whenever you see the word breaking of bread, they're talking about worship. Worship, because every worship service uh, with the New Testament church, they would break bread. It was called communion. That's, what they, that's referring to the communion. And they would get together, and they'd have worship, and they would have communion, and they'd have the word, and they'd have prayer. And that's what they would do. But the breaking of bread is referring to uh, the worship. The worship time, and it's very important that we are that we are devoted to worship. Really, really, really important to, to be devoted to worship. It, listen, we we need to worship. It, it's and guess what? It starts at ten o'clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Father Fred, you, you, he came in and you, you, we were talking, and he said, "Oh, you got a pretty good group." I mean, yeah, but by the time you walk out, it'll be twice as many. Yeah. He goes, "We have the same problem over you know, at St. Martin's." So, uh, yeah, but it, it's ten o'clock. You don't want to miss anything. That's the worship, right? And and it doesn't start at ten o'clock though. When does worship really start? Saturday night. Right? Can't stay up late watching garbage on TV and you know and you know whatever else happens on Saturday night and then expect that you'll be ready to worship. It's got to start on Saturday night. It started Saturday night. Go to bed early. You know, do some worshiping and then it goes on all throughout the week. This is just priming the pump. What well, the worship team is awesome, but what it does that should just be priming the pump 
to get us worshiping for the rest of the week, keep us going. The songs, you know, uh, he lives, he lives. You know, should be, that should be running through our heads all week long, right? And, and other songs. And, and uh, we had a worship leader. I was just thinking of it as Todd was leading. His name was Bob Dunbar. I, I know he's in heaven now. Bob loved it. And, uh, but he would do that song. I'll never forget when I was a kid. And he would go, he lives, he lives, he lives. Do you remember? Keep us going. He lives. I'm like, I'm running out of air. You know, he lives within my heart. You know, he would you know, he really keep us going on that last, uh, that last word. Uh, but, but that should keep us going. We should keep on worshiping. We should keep on, you know, it, it, there's so many great worship songs out there, you know, to be listening to. Instead of listening to garbage on the car radio, put on the worship channel. You know, uh, there's so many awesome songs. Even with kids, like at night, Laurel and I, we watch all of our little videos. That's our ritual. And she falls asleep on the bed with me there. And, uh, and, but we, you know, we, we watch a lot of little animals and all that stuff. But then lately we've been putting on worship, kids' worship songs. And she loves it. It's, it's a great way to go to sleep. But I love it, too, bringing back all these old songs that I remember. And, and, but, but we need to constantly be worshiping. It should go on all week. Corporate worship is so important. Individual worship is vital, so vital for our for being filled with the Spirit. Remember Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. Keep coming back to this. There's a good reason why God keeps bringing it back to me. Uh, Ephesians 5, 18 to 20. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You get that worship? That, that's how we're filled with the Spirit. That's how we put ourselves in the place to let our, our spiritual cell phones charge up. You know, we talked about that illustration. Is we have to constantly be worshiping and thanking God. And I can't explain it. All I know is, boy, when, when we're worshiping, we were singing that song, didn't you just feel the Holy Spirit? It's not something you can explain. It's just something you can experience when we're worshiping here, when we worship at home, when we're just listening to it and let it, let it just run through our heads and meditate on it. The Holy Spirit just moves. He encourages us. He charges us up. It leads to prayer, uh, which is the next thing. In Ephesians five eighteen to 20, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Prayer is so, so important, too. It's vital to the Holy Spirit's power. And back to verse 42, Acts 2, 42, they devote themselves to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer that's the fourth devotion the fourth thing we have to be devoted to all throughout the book of acts as we're going to be studying the book of acts over the next year all throughout we're going to see how prayer is vital prayer is vital to the believers connecting to the holy spirit's power it's just vital it it's crazy isn't it that I mean, you just think about prayer. Just think about it. The moment we start to pray, whether we close our eyes, whether we're on our knees, whether we're driving in our car, whether we're in the shower, we're still in bed praying, wherever we are, the moment we start to pray, we connect to God. I mean, that's beyond comprehension. Most religions don't have that connection. They have no way to get to him. They just try to earn favor by doing good things and following these rules that are made up and blah, 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 right? But, but we, through Jesus Christ, the moment you put your faith in Jesus Christ and give your life to him, you can talk to God anytime as your father, as, as you know, intimate, daddy, Romans says. Daddy, we, we can connect with, with God and his Holy Spirit's power flows through us. 
what is our problem? Why do we avoid this, right? You know, it, and it changes us, and it enlightens us. It, 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 God leads us through that way, and he empowers us for the battles that we're in or the trials that we're facing or the ministry that we're trying to do or the witnessing. We're trying to witness to somebody. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's power is flowing, and it flows through us to impact other people. When we're being filled with the Spirit, we live a whole different way, right? You know what I'm talking about? We're in the spirit and we live a whole different way and and, and, and our and we're praying for people and, 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 and our prayers actually encourage other people. And our prayers actually convict other people. I had several people to me tell me today, just today, you know, thank you so much for the prayers of the church. I really sensed it. I'm sensing it. That's for real. That's for real. When we pray, they can't explain it. They pray for people in hospitals and, and doctors. They've done studies on this, science, science, scientific studies. People do better if they have people praying for them versus somebody who's not praying for them in the hospital bed. The one being prayed for gets better quicker and faster and does much better. It, they don't, can't explain it. We can. But the Holy Spirit moves through us. And as we, as we meditate in our prayer time, as we meditate on the Word and think about the Word and we, and we listen to what God is trying... A big part of prayer is meditating on God's Word, letting a verse just kind of sit and soak. And then as we listen, a big part of prayer is listening. We all think we've got to talk. I'm getting tired of talking. You know? you don't, most of our prayer time should be listening. Listening to see you know, what, what God is saying through the word that we're meditating on. He will speak through that word. And, and, and all of a sudden we find ourselves, you experience this, we find ourselves like lost. Also, where did the time go? What? That was amazing. You know, I'll, I'll go on my prayer walks and, and uh, I'm not walking as much from praying in the house more often. But, but, but on the walk, I'll start a walk and I'll finish it. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm here. You know, just walked an hour and didn't even know it just talking to God, listening to God, praying to God. We find ourselves in this amazing place. That's the power of prayer. It transcends. It allows us to transcend whatever we're going through, whatever we're going through. It transcends it. It gives us a peace that passes understanding. It's vital. It was vital to the New Testament church. It's just as vital today for us. It's just as vital today. Uh, Elizabeth Kiefer knew that. Elizabeth Kiefer, who just went to be the Lord recently, and we're going to have a memorial service in church here after one of our services. We're going to remember her soon. Uh, we're working on that. But I'll, she knew that 20 years ago. She came and said, Pastor Chuck, I think we, we got this church starting, but we have to have a prayer ministry. And you know what? I always say, okay, great, start it. Yeah. <laughs> and she did. <laughs> she got people together and they started praying. A lot of you joined in and, and started having prayer meetings. And it was Wednesday nights and then it was before church on Sundays. And, and next thing you know, we have all these prayer groups going. And what a difference it has made. Just crazy. She's prayed for every one of you here. Uh, whether you know it or not, she has prayed for you. She was a prayer warrior. But she always said, I'm not the prayer warrior. We're all supposed to be praying. I mean, she was right. We should all be praying like that. And what a difference it has made in so many lives. What a difference it's made in our church. Wow. As soon as we got these prayers, prayer uh, meetings going, what a difference. And, and I remember visiting her not too long ago. And I'd visit her. And, and, and you know, Jim and Diana said, said the same thing. She says, why am I here? Why am I still here? Ten years ago, she wanted to go, right? Uh, she was ready to go to heaven. But why are you here? And we all said the same thing. God must know we still need your prayers, Elizabeth. And sure enough, 
she could not she could barely hear if she could hear at all she could hardly see but boy the moment she would want to know who to pray for <clears throat> right first question, first question. <clears throat> who needs prayer and then let's pray and then what happened to this this frail feeble little old lady boom she's off to the prayer you couldn't get a word in edgewise she would pray for 20 minutes sitting in there, and you couldn't get a word. She would just start praying and praying and praying, and you think she's done, and no, she's just catching her breath. And she, right, you guys, you guys saw it. She just bride. She would just pray and pray. It was crazy, crazy. Uh, prayer, devoted to prayer. The disciples were devoted to the word, to fellowship, to worship, and to prayer. We are all devoted to something. We are all devoted to something. We're devoted to work, sports, friends, our phones, <laughs> TV, gym workouts. We're all devoted to something. What if so, you know, the gyms are packed? You, know, you drive by the gyms, they're packed. You know? and, and, and what if we put the same effort into our spiritual health that we put into our physical health. Imagine. I mean, that's their church. Most people, that's their church. That's where they worship. The gym. All right? Uh, what if we put that same, as Christians put that same effort, what if we put the same screen time? Think of your screen time. You get that weekly report screen time on your phone. What if that same amount of screen time was dedicated to Acts chapter 242? We dedicate it to the word and to prayer and to worship and to fellowship. Uh, what, if, what if we... What if we gave that same amount of time and effort and devotion to that? Imagine where we would be. What if, what if as much time as we – look at our text thing, right? What if all those texts, we matched it with prayers to God? We texted God. We prayed to him. Think about how much prayer are we getting, right? You get the point. We, what are we devoted to? We're all devoted to something. And, and the, the, the believers in the book of Acts were devoted to, to the Holy Spirit's power working through them. And they were, that, that's what they were devoted to. And look at the results of being devoted to the, apostle, to, the, to the word, to prayer, to fellowship, to worship. Look at the results of it. Look at verse 43 of the results of it where it says, Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles awe and miracles and all throughout the book of acts we see miracles in chapter 5 we see shadow healings the apostles shadow would touch someone they would be healed in chapter 9 raise somebody from the dead in chapter 19 they cast demons out power encounter uh, listen whether you're a charismatic or a cessationist i think we all agree that we should see more more shock and awe right we should see more of god's power in our life no matter what we believe about that we we all agree on that in, in New Hope Community Church, we've seen miracles. We've seen healings. Uh, and do you remember the awe when some of those healings happened? You know, so, sometimes God said yes. Sometimes he said no. But, boy, when he, either way, when he does it, you remember the awe that we experienced? It was, it was crazy. But the greatest miracle of all, the greatest miracle is to change lives. 
It's all the changed lives. Think of all of our lives here and how God has transformed us. That's the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. That's the greatest shock and awe. And then uh, the second result wasn't just the miracles and the awe, but verses 44 to 45. Look at the second result. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. What were they, socialists? (laughs) Communists? No, that's not what this is teaching. That's a false teaching. This is not what this is teaching. This is teaching that they were a body. They were the body of Christ, and they cared for each other. Now, we know from the rest of the book of Acts, in chapter 4, Barnabas, and chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira, we know that people still own lands and houses. They didn't just throw it into a pot and, and, and be done. But they put the body first. They put the body first. They would sell whatever they had as needed, as needed and as God led them to. They put the body of Christ first. Uh, Julian, he was the Antichrist emperor, Antichrist emperor. He complained, uh, when I was reading church history, he was complaining the godless Galileans feed not only their own poor, but our poor as well. He was complaining that the Christians weren't just feeding the church poor, they were feeding the Roman poor. Uh, you know, can you imagine? Uh, uh, also, uh, church history, Aristides, in his apology, writing to the Emperor Hadrian, he's trying to defend Christianity, he's writing an apologetic to the, the Emperor Hadrian in 130 AD. Listen to what he said. The Christians, O king, have found the truth by going and seeking for it. They do not do to others what they would not wish to be done to themselves. They comfort those who wrong them and make friends of them. They labor to do good to their enemies. He that has gives freely to him who has not. I'm going to read that one again. He that has gives freely to him who has not. If they see a stranger, they bring him under their own roof and rejoice over him as if it was their own brother. They call themselves brethren, not after the flesh, but after the spirit and in God. Crazy. Acts chapter 2, lived out. That's why the Roman Empire was impacted powerfully by the gospel. It's crazy what happened. It's obviously now, this is touching, but obviously in the USA, we don't need that kind of love anymore, do we? We can just so just relax. I'm not don't anybody get nervous. Now we have welfare and social security and and uh, and stimulus checks and uh, and we have token church compassion funds to solve it. So you don't ha- we don't have to do this anymore, do we? <laughs> I'm joking, obviously. Uh, now churches can concentrate on big, building bigger buildings, bigger buildings, and and putting gazillions of dollars into those big buildings. You know, uh, the, you know. But actually, we are seeing a kickback, aren't we? We're seeing a pushback. We're seeing a lot of churches start to say, hey, let's, let's save money and use it to help people in need. You see churches making the news because they paid off people's medical bills or different things. We're seeing that. Churches starting to wake up to this. But I'm going to have to tell you, at New Hope Community Church, I've never seen anything like it. We have a benevolence fund, but we don't even need a benevolence fund because the church has been so naturally supernatural. Meeting each other's needs. If someone has a need, it, it's crazy. A lot of times I don't even have to get in the middle of it. People just meet each other's needs. If you knew the amount of help 
people have given each other. And some, are, some of you out there have been unbelievably generous with people in need. You'd be shocked if you knew how much people have helped each other. And I haven't even had to say anything most of the time. Once in a while I do, I'll say, oh, there's a need, and bam. It's just crazy. But that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be like. It, it's, it's crazy. And let's not miss a key word here in verses 44 to 45. It's together. All the believers were together. That's a key. Uh, unity was and is the key for the Holy Spirit moving. We live in a divided world, right? We live in a divided world. But true Christians are called to unity. I'm not talking about the apostate Christians. I'm talking about fake Christians. But true Christians, Bible-believing Christians, are called to unity. Are called to unity. That is a powerful witness. I see God, and I've talked about this many times, God is dividing the sheep and the goats. He's dividing the fake Christians from the true ones. In every denomination... In every group, he's dividing the sheep from the goats. But, but, but the remnant, the remnant in each denomination, the, the remnant from each group is starting to come together. We need to come together and have unity among the remnant revival. Very, very important as we get closer to the time of Jesus Christ coming again. It's a powerful witness. That's why Satan always tries to divide us. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about the fake apostate, you know, breaking with apostate, you know, Separating because we aren't supposed to unify with false teaching or, or apostate Christians. You see the, I'll use the United Methodist Church splitting right now. That's awesome. I just tell my Christian friends in there, that's awesome. You shouldn't be connected with people that don't believe the Bible. It's good that you're separate, but they're being unified with with the true believers, and and that's very very important. But Satan will try to. Uh, it's a powerful witness. So Satan tries to find cracks cracks in the foundation he tries to find the cracks in a church healthy churches he tries to find cracks in them and divide to break through and to divide them oh i could tell you story after story of churches that were huge some of you came out of those churches didn't you huge and now they're a a, a tiny sliver of what they once were and you know what it was it was division 99 percent of the time it's division not over the word over something stupid, over a hurt feeling, over, you know, the color of a carpeting, you know, over something, something that isn't biblical, but it was more personal, personal desire. That's what it is. And, and, and Satan, that's what he tries to do. And even any church, every church, every church is under risk, is at risk. And I tell, I say all the time, every church is on a cliff. We're all on a cliff. We could all fall off that cliff any time because of division. Any time. Satan could get in there and cause that division. Any time. Every church is is vulnerable to division. And that's what Satan uses. And I'll tell you, NHCC is, our church is constantly under attack just like any other church. And I, you have no idea. Kim and I try to head off division left and right, left and right. I, you know about spiritual chemo we're constantly doing spiritual chemo in the body of christ to make sure that the division doesn't satan doesn't get in there uh, you could not believe the story uh, you can't believe the, the the agony that we've been through hey, I'm, I'm a little more of a, a fighter you know it doesn't hit me as much it kills kim she can't and the conflict and the, all that but it has to be done the spiritual chemo has to be done or else it'll the toxin spread and kill the body of christ very very important that we don't that we as a church family 
fight for our unity and protect our unity and bear with each other and love one another. All those verses, right? Uh, and then the third result wasn't just the awe and miracles. It wasn't just the um, sharing. But the third result is in verses 46 and 47 where every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. God added daily. The, the radical lives resulted in radical results. The secret of their success wasn't their big building, wasn't their programs, wasn't the great preaching, wasn't anything. It was God added. God added daily. God added salvation. Not church hoppers and shoppers. No, no, no. He added converts. People who are coming to salvation, who are putting their faith in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit was free to move because they were full of the Holy Spirit and living out the Holy Spirit's power. What about us? What about our church? Or if you're listening to this wherever you are, your church. What about our churches? What do we, what about our lives? What do we need to devote ourselves to? What is missing in our life? What is missing in our church life? The Bible, fellowship, worship, and prayer. Four, four keys. Four legs of the chair. Think about the chair you're sitting in right now. Four legs of the chair. If, if, one, if one leg is a little shorter than the other four, what happens to that chair? Well, it becomes a rocking chair, right? Becomes right. But what if one chair is missing? What, obviously, one leg is missing. Fall, crash, you fall down, it breaks, you fall down. And you get the point. We, a, lot of, a lot of us have one of these legs missing in our life. And we're crashing spiritually. We're falling over. And others, it's a, little, it's a little shorter. It's not as long as it should be. It's not as much as it should be. And we're shaky, right? Isn't it true? If any of these things are missing, the word, prayer, fellowship, uh, uh, the Bible, uh, Bible, fellowship, worship, worship, and prayer, if any of them are missing our, or, or not as much as it should be, our faith is shaky or we crash. The same thing happens with the church. If, it, if it, any of these are missing in the church, it's not healthy. There won't be the same spiritual growth because it won't be healthy. What do we need to focus on as individuals in our home fellowships, as a church? Memorize Acts 2.42. They memorize it. Start memorizing it and meditating on it and make it our focus. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And just memorize and meditate and focus on getting the chair legs all, all there and in the same length. Devoting to that. And maybe you're here today, as we close it here in prayer in just a moment, maybe you're here and you still need a chair. You still need to sit in the chair. What am I talking about? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God loved us so much that he gave his one and only Son. There's only one Son of God. There's only one way to God through his Son. His one and only Son, Jesus, he gave him to die on the cross for us, to die on the cross. He gave him, coming up very soon, Good Friday, to die on a cross in our place, to take our sin on him. Somebody had to pay the price of the broken law. 
The cosmic broken law had to be paid, and Jesus died on the cross to take it all on himself, the sinless Son of God. God-man died on that cross for us, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes, he died for us, but we still have to do something. We have to believe in him. Believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Believe. And the word believe here in the Greek is the word, same word for faith. It means faith. It means to put your trust in. Your trust in. Every one of us, we may know about Jesus, but it, it doesn't save us. It doesn't change us. We aren't having our sins forgiven and given a new life. We don't receive the Holy Spirit until we put our faith, our believe in Jesus, put our faith in him. And the word doesn't mean to believe in the head. It means to put your faith and your trust in. And, and this is what I'm talking about. You need to sit in the chair. Jesus is a chair. And you say, well, I, I believe that chair can hold me up. You believe it. But you haven't put your faith in that chair. When have you put your faith in that chair? When you sit in it. You sit in, every time you sit in a chair, you're putting your faith in that chair. If it's broken, you're going to fall. Right? We, each of us needs to sit in that chair called Jesus Christ. Put our faith in him. Trust him to hold us up. Trust him to forgive our sin and to bring us into a relationship with his father. Every one of us, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever sat in that chair? Let's pray. As we go this time of prayer, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Maybe you know all about him. You know about Jesus. You know about Christianity. But, but that's not enough. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus? Have you ever sat in the chair of faith in Jesus? You can do that right now. Just like you're sitting in a chair right now, you can pray the prayer of faith putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Simple but powerful prayer of Jesus Christ. God, I repent of my sin. I ask you to forgive me. I repent. I don't want it anymore. I don't want the sin, the shame. Anything in my life that goes against your word, I repent of that. I ask you to forgive me because I'm putting my faith in Jesus Christ. His death, his resurrection. Forgive me because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I'm sitting in the chair of faith in Jesus. I give my life to you, God. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, something amazing has happened. You have just given your life to God. You've given your life to His Son, Jesus Christ. You're sitting in that chair, and, 
He's going to take you where he wants. We've surrendered our life. And you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and his power in a way you never imagined possible. You're going to see things in a whole new way. When you read the Bible, it's going to come alive because the Holy Spirit will speak to you through his word. You won't be able to do the things you did before you walked in here. Because you'll be miserable doing them. Because you're going to see how empty and that they're a lie and that they're self-destructive. You're going to want to follow Jesus now. And I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Maybe you have a friend or family member here or, or you're listening to this somewhere. You, get, you know somebody at work or somebody that you know is a Christian. Tell them so that we can be excited for you and help you grow in your faith. And we will be very excited for you. Your life will never be the same. And for those of us who have already put our faith in Christ, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us, convicting us? What are we devoted to? How do we need to change the channel? How do we need to refocus our life and be devoted to Acts chapter 242? And which one of those legs of the chair is missing in our life? Or what is not as strong as it should be and our life is shaky because of that? Would our prayer be, God, I want to be devoted to the word. Christian fellowship to worship real worship to to prayer Father I pray your Holy Spirit would finish what has begun through your word today Lord that we wouldn't just forget this but your Holy Spirit would keep bringing it back to our minds and our hearts and, and make this part of our life and we ask that your Holy Spirit could flow in a powerful way in and through us, in and through our church. We need your Holy Spirit's power. In Jesus' name.